Welcome to the Brazilian Zook No Cap Podcast with your host, Archie, Ifosa, Jesse, Amber, and Jamie L, where we discuss all things Brazilian Zook, honestly and from our perspective collectively and personally. So go ahead and grab you something to drink, grab you something to eat, turn this up, and let's hop into this next episode. Even though I get so many compliments on how I'm a good teacher, how I'm a good dancer, the behind the scenes, the support, the love, the push is all Black women. How many women do you know that are Black that have left the scene specifically because of this? I know at least 30. Wow. At least 30 over the years. And they have said, I'm just tired of this. I'm not going to participate in this foolishness anymore. I could spend my hard-earned money somewhere else. I'm just out. And they left. Yeah. yeah. I know quite a few that left specifically because they felt discriminated against. And some of the things I heard were really insane. I'm in a group chat and one of the Black women shared that, I guess, a pair of salsa teachers that were Black women were doing a live and they were talking about how she felt suicidal in the dance world because she just felt so othered and hurt by how they were treated and hearing stories about Black women. And for as bad as it is in the U.S., it's better than a lot of other places because I've heard so many stories about Black women going to Europe and just being treated like invisible trash mm. and coming back and just having this breakdown of being constantly, it's almost like a Pavlov's dogs. You know, mm. you're conditioned to respond a certain kind of way and recognizing as a black person a black woman on the dance floor that you're really conditioned to think that you come after other people that you deserve to be treated you know worse than other people that you should be grateful if you get a single dance in a night that you need to be far surpassing excellence in order to even be considered on the same level as somebody else like all of that stuff does really bad damage to the psyche a hundred percent that carries out into the real world. I personally, and we'll maybe talk about this towards the end of the episode, but I got a PTSD diagnosis from a psychiatrist because of some of the things that I experienced within the dance world and Mm. over like dance business stuff. You know what I mean? It's Mm. hard. Like it's for as hard as it is as a social dancer, being a black woman, once you break into the professional side, it gets cutthroat. Like they're not even subtle or nice about it. They are just straight up mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Brazilian Zook in its short existence, like there needs to be better and more opportunities provided for black women. And I, it actually makes me want to, I'm also curious about the DJing. So I would like to know your opportunities and experiences with this Amber. Not just in Brazilian Zoo, but in general as well, how that has been as a Black woman DJ. Because you, in previous podcasts, you said it was women that y'all, they came together to help lift you up and everything and not the men as well. I wouldn't say not the men, but I say me as myself. Mm -hmm. I saw what was going on. I purposely just decided to 
focus on black women. I decided to cater towards black women because it was a group that was, you know, being ignored, you know, because mm-hmm. most events, especially Kazumba events, it's majority black women. But the DJs are men and they're not American. So, you know, they kind of miss some of the nuances of the culture. So I was like, I'm just going to play music so me and my friends can get hyped too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it was just a choice. I made a choice to cater to Black women. And honestly, it's been great. Yeah, I haven't gone to some events, like some really big events that I'm probably qualified for. But I've had so many other opportunities, you know, it really doesn't matter. Why would I focus on when I'm not getting booked at, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Amber, can you talk about, like, do you remember the experience of trying to find pictures of yourself online? Because I feel like that speaks to maybe some of the differences we experience. Definitely. You know, there have been several dance events where I am, I do not have a single picture. I'm booked at the events and there is not a single picture of me. From the photographers taking photos of at the event. Yeah, yeah. from the higher photographers. And it's not know. just, it's, and it's just Amber. Other DJs have pictures. Just right. Amber does. I don't have a picture. And one time I actually confronted one of the photographers and he ended up blocking me. Wow. <laughs> what? Off an inquiry. Hey, he blocked you it. off of a question? Hey, I was like, hey, no, this is the thing. I saw he had not been taking pictures of me. So I went to him late Saturday night. I'm like, it was early Saturday morning. It was like Friday party, Saturday morning. I was like, hey, I see you haven't been taking pictures of me. And I don't even think he realized that I was hired for the event. Wow. You know, and I'm like, you need to start taking pictures of me. And he was just kind of like, you know, looking like, why? Who are you? You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, at this particular event, it was the first time they had a girl DJ of any race. So I'm pretty sure they wanted pictures of me. But he was just like, OK, yeah. And then the organizer said to him, hey, you need to take pictures of her. He literally got two minutes of pictures from me. I know that's all he got. But no, there was no pictures of me at that event that were published and that's just i don't know story of my life so (laughs) i've had to personally reach out to the photographers hey take pictures of me but yet and still all the other djs they got thousands of pictures you know and it seems like a small thing but it's a big deal for a couple of reasons number one visibility just a small visibility fact of when you're online and you haven't gone to a dance event and you're kind of looking at the pictures that pop up and there's none of black women. It's like, okay, well, it kind of says to me, I don't, I'm not welcome there. Or like my type is not welcome there. Right. And I think number two, artists really rely on those pictures for marketing. You know what I mean? Those candid in the moments, like, look, I was at this event, I was working, you know, all these DJs, like you see DJ Mojo, he's got these pictures up there where he's throwing his hands up, like he's hyping the crowd. Javon's got pictures everywhere, but not the black woman DJ that is so successful and has risen up. And we've all seen Amber's come up, you know, from so many years, like that's not something worth noting. That's not worth something worth capturing. It just feels so specific. You know what I mean? Like, why specifically Amber yeah. is not getting pictures? That's one of those things where I'm like, I feel like with a lot of stuff, you have to work hard to do, to not do something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you got, I mean, like, like, for example, I, like a, pro, a photographer who sees a person DJing is literally walking by the booth and just being like, pop, yeah. pop every, yeah. for, for every single DJ that's playing. You yeah, know? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I feel like you have to intentionally say for three nights, I'm just not going to take any pictures of this person. If I'm getting pictures of every other DJ that's playing, you know? Yeah. Right. I know. And, and their face is on the flyer too. Like the DJ is there. You see her. You know, people don't read flyers. You yeah. Know yeah. But I'm like, if you're a <laughs> photographer, you, I'm sure you, you forgotten who's on the flyer one time and you've had to check real quick. Oh, who's there. And then you see, a black woman right there, DJ, DJ, Aphrodisiac, and you're still not. You still have the audacity to say, yeah, "I'm good today." I will say this. <laughs> That's I, I, wild. I will say this, and it's a side note, but not really. But 
just flowers, bro. Amber, you have like carved out a lane. You really have. I've seen it. I've seen. It's crazy. Like this is going to sound like counterproductive, but I feel like (laughs) a lot of people see, can see where you're at now and be like, what are y'all talking about? Yeah. Like, I feel like your growth and come up is that evident. Yeah. But they don't understand one, the behind the scenes that you Mm -hmm. still deal with. And they don't understand the backstory and all the stuff that happened within the past, you know, but I only say that to say, like, I mean, you've carved out a lane and you have worked to build up a reputation and a place for yourself. And honestly, another dope thing about that is and whether you see it, whether you see that you've done this or not, but it's paved the way for other black DJs to come up and yeah. do stuff, you know? Yes. So I just want to absolutely I just want to tip my hat. This I love it. Thank you. Y'all gonna make me start crying. <laughs> also I want to say I feel like especially in the beginning, like I had severe imposter syndrome. Because I just felt like, you know, because I'm black, I've had to be perfect for all the black women, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I would just spend hours and hours like doing transitions over and over, just getting everything perfect. I just felt like I just had to be perfect. And it was a lot. (laughs) I bet. I want to shout out Amber. I want to shout out Amber in a second way because not only does Amber go there, like Amber is one of the funniest people to watch go through her process because she's just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just do it and see what happens. And she like (laughs) dives in and she dives into these places that I like would have never expected her to nor that are like, they're not necessarily black friendly, but she's like, I'm going to just do it anyways. And once she establishes herself, she always makes sure to bring people with her. You know what I mean? Like I've spent her, I've seen her spend so much time building up so many people so that they can also cross this bridge and not just DJs. And it's not like race specific, this part, but I've just seen her work so hard to like bust through the door and then keep it open. And yeah. even when she doesn't always necessarily get all the ins and outs of what I'm going through, Amber is always the first one to be like, girl i'm so sorry this happened but let's put on our big girl panties what's the next move how are we going to attack this like what's next so mm-hmm. she's also a force of good for everybody yeah even on the back end like her, just hearing her insert herself into brazilian zook as a dj yeah i've been hearing people say yo i gotta do better now because hey <laughs> oh my god yeah like yeah because they hear you and they hear the quality is like they can't be out here resting on their laurels. But, like, the thing, what's really amazing about you is that, one, you're willing to share that gift with everybody and just keep building them up. Like, you've given away so many secrets on this mm-hmm. past that people, like, other teachers, other DJ teachers would say, hey, you got to spend this and that to get this. But you're giving out so many gems to so many other DJs. If they just listen, they even today. You were saying you were playing for the women and so on. Like, that's a secret that other DJs don't even know. But you do so much to better those around you, whether you do it consciously or unconsciously. Like, you just being in any environment boosts the level of all the people around you. DJs, dancers, etc. Like, I'm so glad that you have joined Brazilian Zook and that you're DJing here because Lord knows we need you to... What you also stand for, which is... uh, allows others to come up and be inspired as well let's go friend let's go friend oh my gosh thank that's you. my friend amber y'all i was gonna say thank you because people say i don't accept don't. compliments so i think that is all <laughs> very needed as far as everything we just said so yeah jesse what else do you have as far as the other stuff so i wanted to talk a little bit about some of the vaccine stuff that I personally have seen experienced as like a teacher. Cause when I speak on, I think this conversation that we're having for whatever reason, it always comes down to, are they getting dances or not? That's always the weird thing that people tend to focus on. And I feel like, so when I speak about struggling as a black woman in dance, they're like, but you get dances. So you should be fine. Like you're a teacher or whatever. And the otherism doesn't go away once you become a professional, it just puts you more in the spotlight, if that makes any sense. So like maybe if you're aiming to be a social dancer, 
from your perspective, a lot of the issues that you're facing are fixed when you're black, but it's not really at all. So some of the things that I want to talk about just from a training perspective of what it looks like as a black woman, even getting started trying to better yourself. One of the quotes I received was, I paid $250 to take a private lesson from a teacher. And then I sat and watched this teacher dance with a white woman for an hour. And essentially what I witnessed was this girl receiving the same training I just paid for, but for free. And mind you, this teacher did not dance with this person at the social at all. So when we're Mm. saying like black women don't get dances, it's not just like get that pity dance. It's that there are other consequences. There are other things behind like we're not getting dances is that we're not able to receive the same opportunity that other people would get on the dance floor because it is a form of training, how much social dancing you get. We're not able to get that same training unless we're willing to pay more for it. So I wanted to bring that up. And it does extend once you become a teacher. So the opportunities that you have for training, the people that are willing to partner with you, the people that are willing to collab with you become a lot less. So you have to work harder and hustle harder to be seen. And you have to put more work into your marketing. Your dancing has to be more on point. Your demos have to be more dynamic. You have to have more content to even get the same visibility as your non-melanated counterparts. It's big things like that. It's small things like being at Interfusion and, you know, it's a huge festival. Not everyone's going to know who's a teacher, who's not, like who's volunteers, whatever. But we were in the artist room and this year to be sustainable, Interfusion had decided that they were going to be using like actual glass plates rather than going through a lot of paper plates to feed the artist. And we had to wash our own dishes So I'm standing behind the area they had set aside for dishes and I'm talking to a couple of other black artists and I had my plate in my hand and a white artist comes up to me and tries to place their plate in my hand. And they're like, do I just, they're like, do I just give this to you to watch? I know you're lying. Please tell me. I was there. I remember that shit. I swear it to God. I swear it to God. And I just looked at them and I was like, it's a wash your own dish kind so, of thing. So, so here's the deal. So here's the deal. 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 Here's the deal, bro. I'm not even joking. That is like so bad. Yeah. In that situation, I understand you don't want to say anything. Why am I not in situations where I'm around that happening? <laughs> want to be around that happening? Because I feel like in that situation, and if you are not black, or if you are a black male. And obviously, I feel like other black women, anybody that wants to be an ally or support in this situation, it's your, you see like stupidity like that, a way you can help is to say something in that situation. Yes. My God, yeah. I'm literally like, bro, like, what are you doing? You don't just hand your plate to somebody else because of the way that they look or whatever and assuming something like that. So a way that you can help in that situation is saying something to the person. And maybe you can be a little bit more kind than me because boy, <laughs> I that whoo boy. Okay. I need to calm down. Cause that, that <laughs> makes like in that situation, if I was to see that, if me and Jesse, for example, were to be in a conversation, and I saw that happen in front of my face, they would really see a whole different side to be that a lot of people haven't seen before. Cause that's incredibly frustrating. But other people, you maybe you don't have to be like super hardcore, but you can be a little bit softer. Just but say something in general in that situation, type that because that's crazy. You know, it's wild. It's like you really looked in my face and assumed that I was like a volunteer or something. Like, why would you make that assumption? What about me specifically? She, she thought you was the help. She exactly. was the help. Exactly. She thought you was the help. Not even a volunteer, but like a person who's just in their work, like a dishwasher. Like for real, I remember hearing that. That's even, crazy. That because even if it is like a dance volunteer, you're not just handing them your plates. You know what I'm right. saying? Like you, there's right. a designated area for anybody that's that has stuff to just put their stuff in a certain place, unless right. you are, for example, room service. Because I imagine y'all were eating food in one of the hotel rooms. So it's like if it's room service or somebody who's like in the kitchen or something like that but even a dance attendee volunteer you're not handing them your stuff right 
you know so that is that's crazy i'm oh, just going to assume this person was not an american no they're american i knew no, you were going to tell me that tell me that that is so bad absolutely so bad. american if you are listening to this and that's you Get educated. I want. Uh, oh Lord have mercy. Do I want to say, as the kids say, do better. That's what I'll say. Just I was gonna say better. something. I was gonna say something way better, worse than that. Thank you. Wait, now nah, what you gonna say? I was, nah, we're gonna leave it at do better. Leave, oh. Do better. Do, do, just do better. Just because do better. that is bad. And if you don't even realize how bad that is, that's bad. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Continue. It was pretty bad. So it's stuff like that, and it's like demoralizing because it tells you without saying anything, it tells you how people see you, you know, they're, you're not equal to anybody else in the room. And they expect that you are somewhere lower on the totem pole than they are without even bothering to ask or inquire or check, because it could have been simply like, Hey, what are we supposed to do with these dishes afterwards? Right. She put in the extra assumption that I was the help that was going to take the plate from her. And I'm not sure that would have been the same situation had I been any other race. No, for I, I mean, because there was other people that were other races that were in there with you, right? Yeah, it was a room full of people. Of them. It right. was a room full of people. This is okay. Right. We got. We got I'm, we but go. maybe it's because you were standing there washing your dishes already. <laughs> oh man, it's a gaslighting, dude. Because it's like, and this is really what I want to get across is, I sell these stories not to humiliate anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying not to like use any sort of descriptors that would point anybody out, but just to let you know that your actions and how they're being perceived are harmful. You're very harmful to the people that are already marginalized and in the real world having to fight to be seen and to be heard with the struggles we face. And people come to dance and they talk about how much of an escape this is and how much of a beautiful fantasy it is. But it truly is so demoralizing, specifically for Black women in a way that I don't think other people experience, like the depth of how harmful it is. And we're being trained to be treated like second-class citizens and be grateful that we are allowed to enter the same space as everyone else. And it sounds dumb when it's one thing at a time and you're hearing it in this way of like in a podcast from the comfort of your own home. But when it's all stacked up, it feels like death by a million needles. You just feel so stabbed that one of the quotes I got from a girl that left and refuses to come back, like absolutely refuses. She said, I almost wish I'd never started dancing kids because I had such high hopes because I thought these were my people. And I still wasn't good enough to teach a class that is made by African people. There's nothing in me that will allow me to put myself in the dance scene again, because I re refuse to fall in love with this dance again, just to be heartbroken. And so I'm, pull I'm saying this to say that it's not the dance that we don't love, it's not the environment of learning that we don't love. And it's not even really the people that we don't love because I have a, I love being around the people in dance, but it's the output we're receiving, the otherness that we're receiving on a consistent basis. And then being convinced that it doesn't exist, that being convinced that it's because of training or because we're just, we're hiding out in the corner, which sometimes maybe is true, but a lack of consideration or a lack of validity to the weight of what we're talking about because people aren't experiencing it for themselves. Yeah. So I wanted to end this, maybe my little portion of some of the stuff I had to say with my own story of some of the things I faced because I have 10 years worth of stories that I feel like I could talk about just because once you start to enter the arena, especially as a teacher, it's so discouraged for you to say anything other than that you had a positive experience. You're silenced almost and punished by not having bookings, not having as much visibility, people not asking you to collab or not wanting to train with you. When you aren't presenting yourself as like the happiest Black girl joy in the world, right? Like a lot of women that are black kind of have a little bit of a reaching, resting bitch face. We have a lot of energy to us. And I feel like we're told often that we're not allowed to show up in the space as any other way, but what is most palatable to the people in the community. We're not allowed to just exist or speak on it, which is crazy, total side note, but I hate hearing that black women are intimidating when you're asked, mm. when you, as a reason that you're not asking them to dance because you're not too intimidated to stand in line to ask all these pros to dance. 
So I feel like intimidation is not something we should use to like describe black people. It's a stereotype for black women and it's harmful. But the story is hard for me to talk about because it's something that I experienced relatively recently. And it's one of the incidents that kind of led me to getting a PTSD diagnosis. The dance seems not always kind to black women that speak on these experiences. So I just want to say this is how I experienced it. And be kind as you listen, you know, just have an open heart in recognizing that this did have a profound on me, effect on me. Okay. So I live in Dallas, great city, amazing, wonderful, incredible humans. Like overall, I've had a really good experience living here in Dallas. And, you know, during COVID, we, like a lot of other dance communities, were struggling to rebuild. We had lost a lot of teachers that were central to holding together some of the dance scenes that I was a part of. And so in the rebuilding effort, I joined one dance scene, not kids, not my primary scene. I joined a dance scene trying to help rebuild it. And in the middle of like, you know, these beginning processes where we're trying to like start marketing, we're starting to talk about offering classes, offering socials. I ended up having to go back to Detroit. One of my parents got really sick. And so I needed to be there to take care of them for about six months. And I came back to Dallas and I was feeling just this rev of energy and excitement of wanting to get back on board and get to this dance scene where I knew we could build something great because Dallas has had so many incredible dance scenes pre-COVID. So I came back to the dance scene or came back to Dallas and I was like, I've studied this dance for a while. I've become really proficient in the art of teaching and I want to step into the scene and offer classes because nobody's in this arena offering it right now. So I came in, had meetings with the community leaders, because obviously in the six months that I've been gone, they had gate, they had amassed some energy, like they were making some forward momentum. It was amazing. And I can only assume that this person, the bully of my story, did not appreciate me coming in with so much energy or confidence, or I don't, it's hard to say. I've gotten a couple of different answers from them. According to them, they did not appreciate me being quote unquote cocky about my skills. And they also said they did not appreciate me calling myself an international instructor, which I'm not in that particular genre, but in urban kids, yes, I am an international instructor. So ended up getting a group of Black people together and we started teaching and it was amazing. Like we trained really hard studied really hard, bought some really incredible classes up and had a really excited student base of some people that were a little bit more well-seasoned and then a group of students that were brand new. And if you're a teacher, you know, that's like the ultimate jackpot is having people that are constantly coming in, but then also maintaining your current community. But all the while getting harassed by this individual who felt like we had no business teaching and that we had no right. So they ended up just verbally harassing us for a while, you know, with a lot of commentary, which whatever, like as a teacher, you grow some thick skin. People are going to have something to say, but that shouldn't affect what you're doing if you know you're delivering a good product. But it was really insistent. It was regular. It was almost every time we encountered this individual, one of us would be receiving some sort of harassment. So we continued on, even supporting this person in the events that they threw. So they threw regular events and some pretty big ones and we all paid money out of our pockets to attend these events even though at some points in time we were the only ones there supporting so we were trying really hard to be the bigger person in the situation trying to keep lines of communication open you know hopefully hoping this is going to pass it gets to the point where this person now is booking classes directly on top of ours and is starting group chats where they are making fun of us, degrading us to people that we don't know in other dance communities, people that potentially might have come to our classes because they were interested in the genre, but no longer want to because we are the teachers. And it culminates into a day in which this person ended up, I'm trying to find the right words to describe this, because again, I don't want this to be a story that is focused on the other person, but only on my own experiences. But this person started to verbally harass a couple of us at a social that they were working. They were supposed to be DJing. 
at the social. And it escalated to the point where they got physical with me in a crowded dance studio. I remember just being shocked that in the 10 years that I've been in dance, I've never seen anybody get physically attacked or harmed in a dance studio space. And also that it was happening to me because if you know me, I'm spicy, but I'm also very passive. I'm not ever going to be the one that's going to put my hands on anybody. That's not something I believe in. So this person put their hands on me and we were separated. They walked away. They ran away from the situation. I was trying to recover. I was having an anxiety attack. Specifically, they went for my throat. Like they wrapped their hands around my throat. So, you know, trying to re-regulate my breathing. I found the closest person that looked familiar and grabbed them and asked them to come outside with me because I was just like in a 100% dazed shock. And I'm trying to communicate to them that like, while this happened, I was literally taking my shoes off to leave the studio. You know, I'm on my way out. And so I'm like trying to get them to go get my stuff because now I'm feeling like so rattled, so shaken. And from this situation, this person was a community leader. So they decided to do a little bit of an investigation because that's obviously pretty alarming and pretty shocking to hear that somebody who is a community leader put hands on somebody else at their social. So that night they said they asked a few people what happened and, you know, they got my side of the story. Obviously, I was the first one to kind of bring it up. They started asking people who were witnesses and apparently the person that was doing the harassing said to them in a different language, don't tell them what you saw. And their story that night changed several times. So they were starting the beginning parts of the investigation. They kind of let me know like, hey, your story's pretty consistent. The parts that we're seeing line up with what we're hearing from other people, but nobody really wants to talk about what happened when they got physical with you. So we're going to need to look into this more. Hearing that, I reached out to the studio owner because the studio has a lot of cameras around. And I was like, hey, just so you know, the person that you hired got physical with me while they were supposed to be behind the DJ booth. So if you could talk to them, that'd be great. But also, can you have access to the video camera footage so that I can possibly go submit a police report? The studio owner got back to me and they said that particular, they're like, we saw parts of it, but we didn't see the part where they got physical with you. That footage is just, I don't know, gone, not within camera sight, whatever. Knowing again that the DJ, the person that harassed me, was hired by the studio owner. So I'm like, okay, lost that ally there. The witnesses are now changing their story, but there was a, how do you call it? Like a mediation that was called because I was just so upset. Like I was like, are you, we're going to just let this slide. Somebody really is just putting hands on people in the community and this is acceptable. So the mediation, sorry, I'm sorry, this is long and drawn out, but this was like a super long process over the course of a long period of time. And I want to say this because some of these things when they happen to Black women on the dance floor, you heal part of it and you are easy to dismiss it. But be, this for me was over the course of a year and I was dismissed over the course of a year, which caused it to escalate it to the point where this person felt confident enough to do this is what I'm trying to get across. So we start the mediation process and no footage is available. Witnesses are now having different stories of what they saw, didn't see. We all kind of give our testimony. The person that harassed me is still harassing me, telling me that I'm a liar, that I'm jealous, that I'm evil, that I'm, you know, I'm just making a, this up about their character, that they would never do anything of the sort. And it like almost threatening me. And they told their story, which was different than the story they told the night that it happened. They brought in a witness who had a completely different story than the person that was harassing me. The person that was harassing me was stating that there was no physical violence, that it was just a very heated discussion. And then their witness a couple of minutes later said that I started the fight, that I started the action. And my story has been consistent the entire time. So we go through the mediation and, you know, it's kind of determined, well, we're not really going to ever know the truth. So, you know, we're just going to decide how we move forward from here, which already makes me feel a certain kind of way, because had this been in any other situation where people were the same race, like why would you not question the person whose story is changing consistently? Or there's the fact that you just heard their witness say a completely different story within the mediation and you're not questioning that, you know? So I'm feeling some kind of way. Witnesses aren't willing to speak truthfully. Studio owner is not willing to turn over the tape. 
mediation group is not willing to say outright like, hey, it sounds like you're lying about what happened here. Or even to speak on the fact that this person has been harassing people throughout the community, you know, for the last year. So what was decided and what was told to me is that for the sake of the community, because this person was a DJ, because they're needed, they were just going to give them a strong warning, but that they were not sure how the community would continue on if they did not have a DJ. And, you know, that they weren't going to directly support this person, that they were just supporting the community at large. But it involved directly putting money in this person's pocket. So not even a day later, these community members, leaders that were so concerned were sharing with flyers promoting this person. And when I expressed concern, because, you know, as a Black person, you know that if you get jumped once, it easily can happen again, right? Like this person, what they've learned, in my opinion, from my point of view, is that me as a Black person am not worth as much to the community as they are. And so that their actions without regulations are allowed as long as they have the monopoly on DJing or as long as they have a chip that's valuable enough to trade in. And so I felt terrified. I, but not wanting to feel chased out, I continued to go to socials. And then the end of the mediation essentially was don't talk to each other, don't acknowledge each other, just don't speak on this and let's all just move forward in peace. Let's just start with a blank slate. I'm like, okay, whatever. Sucks, but okay. So I went out to a social and I waited a couple of weeks because I was feeling, you know, trying to get myself back in check. I didn't want to be emotional out in the dance floor because almost nobody knew about it. You know, students didn't know about it unless you were on the committee board. It was just a quiet secret. And when you show up looking emotional as a black girl, it's really easy to get the label of being overly dramatic, hypersensitive or whatever else. So I felt like I needed to be in a place where I was calm and cool collected before I showed my face again. So I went to the social and as soon as I sit down, this person moves to be closer to where I am. And I'm started across the studio and they began yelling at me, like start crossing in front of me, start walking back and forth in front of me and yelling insults at me. And I, I cannot tell you not only did they do that, but they went out of their way because there were instructors, guest instructors in town. So I worked up the nerve to ask a guest instructor to dance. This person, while I'm in the middle of asking this instructor to dance, pulled this instructor aside and said, don't dance with her. So the instructor looked at me and said, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. Do you mind waiting for me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'm standing up there by the DJ booth waiting for this instructor who never actually left the DJ booth. And after about 10 minutes of us both just kind of standing there in a standoff, I walked away and watched them immediately go dance with a white girl as soon as I left. And I, after that moment, experienced a lot of PTSD entering the dance space. So PTSD, one of the things is like reliving the experiences and the, you know, the feeling of being in that same situation over and over again when you're triggered by certain outer triggers. And so for me, I was being in a dance space. And so for the first few like months after that happened, every time I entered a dance space, my violent, my body began to shake violently. And I felt so scared that at any point in time, this person could pop up and hurt me physically because it had already been given a pass. And while I can't directly point to this being an issue of me being a Black person, and this is why all of this happened, I can say with some sense of intuition that I feel like a lot of the actions and the way that this was treated and handled would have been handled a lot different had I not been Black, because I still don't feel comfortable going out into that dance scene. I still feel like I have to have another Black woman with me because Black women were the only ones that really believed me during this time. And I still feel experiences of PTSD and anxiety while this person still is very prevalent and still very hired in that scene. Like I was chased out of my classes and I was chased out of the scene completely. But to the people in the scene, the situation was resolved just because I left. That's how resolution and peace was made. So I say all this to say that there's a lot that happens to Black women on the back end that I feel like is not talked about or is hushed, or is pushed aside, or is excused, or any number of things. 
but we experience some real deep scarring that will last with us for the rest of our life in the dance scene. And I'm not saying that this happens to every single black woman in dance, but there is enough of us having these experiences that we need to start taking a look at this and really reconsidering what we're offering, or at the very least be honest about what we're offering and saying that this is not a safe space for everyone. We have to stop saying that this is an inclusive space. It's just a dance space. Oh, real talk. Real yeah. talk. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. For sure. Don't feel like it was long or anything like that. People need to hear that. We need yeah. to hear that. I had no idea any of this went on. So thank you. It's hard. I actively was told. It's it's you're trained to condition so many different kinds of ways. I know I keep repeating this, but you know, you're trained and told not to speak on things. And, you know, around the time it was happening, I got a lot of verbal feedback of like you know, drama doesn't look good in the dance scene. You know, you got to keep this under wraps. Like, don't make this too big. You know, you need to really hush it down because it's not going to look good for the scene that is budding. But in that same way, it's like, am I not a part of that scene that needs to be protected and taken care of? And I feel like it's not only me that has this feeling. There's a lot of Black women that are in the business side of things that all of a sudden disappear without a word, without a trace, without anything. Yeah that have had some really crazy experiences that they feel like they're not welcome to talk about or not safe to talk about without receiving some serious retribution. So they would rather just disappear for their own mental health and their own safety. Yeah. I think that the, the couple of things that I can think of off the top of my head is one, and like you were saying, even though there's no way to definitely point this back, back to... to like blackness i think that regardless or irregardless the simple notion of caring about people more than caring about the scene especially in a scene that says like you said everything is all inclusive here and everybody's welcome and this is a good space and a safe space and we strive for all these things that's very important and i think that falls on the responsibility of the people working DJs, instructors, teachers. I think it falls in the responsibility of the attendees because we're all grown and yeah. nobody children here. Yeah. And I also think that I feel like even more so, and maybe this is me overstepping, but I think even more so community leaders, man, it falls on you. And by community leaders, I mean people that are organizing events and people that are organizing socials and people that are organizing parties and people that are teaching classes and accepting money from people to have parties. It's your responsibility to handle these situations properly. So that way, stuff like this not only doesn't happen, but it helps push forward the notion that this is a safe place for everybody the sentence that drama doesn't look good for the scene is bs like that is a bs sentence because what you're saying is whether or not something happened bad to you how the outwardness of the scene looks is more important so that way we can continue to make money and continue to create an aura of something that's not real because on the inside at the very least, there is some sort of case happening where somebody was accused of something. So I think that if community leaders within your specific scenes, it's your responsibility to take this stuff seriously. So that way it causes, it, it stops stuff like this from continuing to happen. And it leaks over into the purpose of this specific podcast when it comes to Black women specifically. Like we asked like the fix at the end of all these things. And I feel like one of them for this one is the scene is made up of people and individual people doing things will make the overarching scene change. Yes. You know, so like yes. it can seem so overwhelming whenever you're approaching something that's so quote unquote large, when in actuality, a lot of it is if the majority of people, or honestly, even not even the majority, if 25% of the people in the scene approach stuff like this 
in a way that showed that they wanted to make change, it would affect the scene. Yeah. yeah. So that's my thoughts on all that. And specifically with Jesse's story, community leaders, like, just really take that kind of stuff seriously because it's that important. And people's safety and people's not only physical safety, but their mental health is at stake when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, sweeping things under the rug only kind of allows for allows space for more things like that to continue to happen. Things to continue to get worse. Nothing will really get addressed, you know. And and then, like you said, people's mental health will start to suffer, you know. Yeah, because if you see it happening to a certain kind of person throughout throughout time, then yeah, we might not be able to pinpoint it back to the fact that Jesse's black, but that's what they'll, you know, that's what it starts to look like, you know, and. After a while, it looks like a duck, smells like a duck, quacks like a duck. It's probably a duck. Right. Yes. By sweeping it under the rock, you lose the future benefit and opportunity of having these this individual and their gifts being brought to the scene. It sweeping under the rock, it, it robs us of the best version of ourselves that we can be. And that is with having Black women at a happy and included state of being. Excluding them and ignoring their issues, their plight, that they, there is no better or good version of the scene like that. Also, what's crazy is you have no idea what is seen but not talked about. And what I mean by that, mm. there could have been people as you're trying to protect the scene from drama and create like an aura that makes people feel welcome, there may, whether you know it or not, have been people that observed and watched to see how it would be taken care of, see that it was never taken care of. And then they're like, wow, I'm out. I'm not coming to this because this completely just happened. I'm a newcomer. I'm a person who's not connected that nobody asked me about whatever, blah, blah. It's my first time here. You know, so that kind of that might possibly push out the notion of like, well, they should have said something. It's my first time here. I know nobody. I don't know anything that's going on. And they may have seen that and just watch how it played out and then be like, wow, I'm not going to be a part of this because this is crazy. So in your desire to want to like make the scene seem perfect so that people can come and not know what's really happening, you're really like making people realize that they don't want to be a part of it. 100%. 100%. Like I cannot stress enough how much the visibility counts and how much as an instructor, I've been pulled aside by a black woman saying, you just being here made me want to continue this dance. Or, you know, the visibility of sharing a demo. Like I just... I just have so many, I get so emotional about this because I see the talent and I see the passion and I see the want so much, but black women are actively barred from being able to express that and being able to share. And all they want to do is share with everyone else. They want to be a part of it. And when I ask a lot of these women, like what makes this better? Like, what do we, how do we fix it? some of them really just wanted acknowledgement. Like a lot, a lot of them just said, I just want to be acknowledged as a person. When I walk to a room, like don't look past me. Don't give me the, you know, the awkward, like look away when I'm coming to ask for a dance. If you could just ask how I'm doing, you know, and listen, listen to what they have to say rather than coming into conversations, assuming you already know the answer, allowing yourself to suspend what you've already constructed as the dance scene and how you think everyone fits in it and what you know everyone's experiences are and allowing for people to really tell you what their experiences are is going to make all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else got nothing to say that sounded like a, a good sum up to me. Yeah. 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 Believe um, black women, love black women. And to black women, I want to say the other questions that I've gotten a lot are you know, it's while I was a cherry blossom and I had two privates with black women back to back, you know, one hour after the other. And both of them were relatively new to urban kids. One of them had taken, you know, lessons in Kizomba. The other one I think was a new dancer. And both of them started their private by asking me, is it just me or black women don't get asked to dance here? 
And so, mm-hmm. and they were like, you know, you know, I was like, yeah, no, it's really a thing. Like black women get asked less. And they were like, wow. Like, I feel so relieved to know it's not me. So I want to say to black women, it's not just, you know, you're a huge reason why both Amber and I wanted to do this episode so bad is to help you to feel connected because I feel like there were moments, particularly, you know, some of the moments that I've talked about where I've gone to black women and they were able to provide me the validation of, yeah, you're not crazy. You know, this is really a thing I've experienced as well. And I want you to know that those things that you're feeling are valid and real because it can be crazy making to ask other people in your community, are you experiencing this and being the only one knowing what you're observing? So yes, this is real. The second thing I want to say to Black women is that one of our greatest gifts is perseverance and thriving, you know, being in a survival mode, but still being able to create like the most incredible stuff. You know, I've made it to a certain kind of place. Amber's made it to a certain kind of place. And there's a lot of Black women doing some incredible things out there. And I feel like one of the things that we were really lucky to have was each other you know, finding a common group of people that are willing to show up for you. So if you're a Black woman and you really want to be in the dance scene, knowing how it is right now, and you're finding it almost impossible to integrate into the community in a way that's acceptable, I just want you to reach out to your nearest Black person. You know, Black women are generally some of the most welcoming, loving people. Go find the other oddballs and train up with them because I feel like, you know, the other outliers of the dance scene have really gone hard for me and we were able to build something really incredible so don't feel like this episode means that you're othered and there's no way up and there's no path up you just have to take a different path than what's being advertised as the black experience don't dim your shine yep I would just like to piggyback off that and say if you're in a community and you are feeling left out first off you don't have to support people who don't support you if you don't see this is just a personal thing if I don't see black women on the flyer at a major event and I see all black men I'm not going to that event I started this really in 2022 2021 but I just want to put it out there black women we do not have to support events that don't support us okay two like what Jesse said for me personally I found that finding refuge and safe spaces in other black women was the key to me hanging around all these years so find your community what y'all don't have to be in the same city you know y'all can start a chat group (laughs) that's where a lot of me and jesse shenanigans start in the chat group (laughs) so find your refuge find your safe space and three listen this dance world is not real life if this dance is making you feel bad just quit you know you don't have to stay in an environment you don't have to prove yourself you don't have to fight you don't have to struggle just quit that's my suggestion yeah mental health is more important exactly yeah there are other dance styles out there that are like 100 black people or the majority black like chicago stepping or detroit ballroom style stepping There's just certain places where it's like, it's just us. And if you feel like this is not good for your mental health, I suggest going and finding one of those dance styles because they are incredible. Right. I heard I got Zydeco. I've never tried that. Houston. Houston. Okay. Crazy Zydeco out here, man. You know how to do it? A little bit. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends who do it. There's like legit clubs and restaurants on this over here that are like straight Zydeco. Okay. You don't have to do this Latin, you know, Afro-Latin dancing. Yep. And so I want to ask Afosa, Jamil, Archie, like you all have been, from my point of view, from my perspective, you guys have been so supportive of me as a person. I kind of really got hype about an initiative of Black visibility in Zook sometime last year. And you guys were so on board with sharing demos and getting yeah but but i'm saying like the support of feeling like people are behind you is not something that it's rare for me as a black woman instructor and so from that perspective of you guys being somebody that has been incredible for me do you have words for how other people can show up from your perspective to maybe change the dynamics 
Well, so actually, one thing I was going to say first is actually uh, in regards to the black men who weren't supporting the Queen Melanin thing um, back in 2017, like supporting black women in general for us or not doing it. It feels like shooting ourselves in the foot, like, like 100%. you know, where we have to bring everybody up. But the fact like but if we're not bringing up one of our strongest members of our community, black women, then we're not going to go anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. So there's that. I mean, how to show support, share demos, share flyers, go to events and support black business. Like I I try to fill my little Instagram storyline with just tons of black people doing <laughs> shit. Bro, you low know? key, your stories be putting me on. <laughs> and I'll be watching I'll be watching your stories to be uh... people, people want to see more of me and my stories, but like I can do burpee any time I want to, but <laughs> to share Pedro and Anna doing a demo in Canada or wherever they're at, going to be at in the future or where, wherever they were at is super cool for me. It's so much better than me doing any kind of burpee or showing my running stats or whatever. The, a little dance with Paulo Diaz and Comfort, who who lives in D.C. here. Ooh, you know, Comfort. That's, yeah, like that, those. that's more valuable to me than showing anything that I can put on my story about myself. I love me some me, don't get me wrong. Like I'll post something about myself. But we gotta be we gotta support, you know. I gotta gotta show support and love. You know, when anybody does anything good in the scene here or just in general, any of our black teachers here, Hermela, Mm. she had like a little social dance, uh Zuki that that video just got posted recently. And I thought that was super cool as well. So I posted that to my story. So just anything, any little thing that you could do that, just to show support. Like that, those are my little, those are my little tips right there. Just, and just dance, dance with black people, dance with black women. That, Cause that's what we do. That's what we're here to do. So. Yeah. yeah. To add on to that. First off, I want to say thank you too for sharing your stories, experiences, yeah. as well as doing the research and like getting the stories from other black women as well because i know that was not easy taking creating space to hear that and then receiving that and then delivering that to all of us here so thank you for that and in addition to what jamil said not every not everything needs to be some grandiose big ass thing revolution will be televised thing not nah, i go out to black women asking them how they are asking them to dance invited them to the before and after party shenanigans that occur, letting them really feel what being included feels like and just inviting them and requesting them to be there. Now, if you want to do it at a bigger scale, good message organizers, ask them why isn't this and this person, why and by this person, I mean black women, why are they not DJing? Why are they not teaching? Also, another thing, if they happen to be DJing or teaching, why how come their demos are late or not being displayed on displayed at all? Ooh. So those are there that. In addition to that, like Jamil does, you can use your socials to be a platform to share and elevate and promote the black women in the scene. And it doesn't and they do not necessarily need to be a pro. It could just be of any like the thing yeah. I would like to say. And I know black women have had to go through this all their life. It is not a requirement for you to be excellent to enjoy mm-hmm. this. So, which also means it is not a requirement for a, an individual like myself or anyone else to share somebody's thing, just to share a black woman's video, just share it, give your flowers and so on. Like you do not, they do not need to be the best in the world just to kind of sort of to not really be considered yes so wait real quick one thing i wanted to say because this young lady has uh, started back up teaching kizomba again in i think montreal flavi uh flavi yeah who like so flavi i think she's trying to she's trying to get her traction going again and seen after her separation from her partner who shall not be named but uh she's teaching kizomba again in Montreal, and it looks like she's got classes when she posted this. She posted this 14 hours ago. This is her whole schedule for April and May, and then June and July. Group classes for Kisomba, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. So if you live in Montreal um, and you want to learn Kisomba, uh, there's an option right there for Flavi. What's her IG? We're doing this for free. We should. 
I don't know. It's Flavia underscore. Her last name is spelled N-E-R-I-S-E. And then I think she's got another page, Kizomba, Kizomba Montreal or Kizomba MTL, Montreal Kizomba Dance School. Okay, so um, this is inspiring. I love this. I want to create, we're going to use this little clip as a Black girl shout out, like shout out a Black girl, you know, share a Black queen. That's what it's going to be. Share a Black share queen. Share a Black queen. That's it. We're going to, under this post, what you're going to do is you're going to share the information for any Black teachers in your area. You're going to share their Instagrams. You're going to share all of their information, shout them out. And then secondarily, I want you to find as many delicious, underrated queens in your area. And I want you to share their dance videos with the hashtag share a queen. And tag us if you do it in a story so we can reshare it. Tag us so we can reshare it. And we'll do an initiative where we will post to our stories and like maybe highlight some Black artists across different genres. But we can only go as far as we can see. So we're going to need some help from all of y'all. Like really help us to bring up the visibility of these amazing people that I feel like are underrated. Because you're right. Some of the people that are mentioned come from Carmela, Serena. Who else am I missing? There's just like so many incredible women in the come up on, you know, that's just the Zook side. We're not even talking about kids. Like kids, we're not even talking about all these women that are leading at the same level as any man would in Europe. And they haven't been able to show their skills. So I want this to be a call to action. Black women, I want you to share your videos this week. So I want you to share your videos this week. Andrea, ooh, Jean, Charlene, you know it. I want you to share your videos this week. I want you to post them up because I know we can be really shy about putting our content up. But let this be right. your excuse this week. Jesse said so because it's homework. Post your videos. And tag Ooh. us on the story so that way we'll get the notification and that way we'll be able to reshare it and repost it. In addition to yeah. that, there will be an Excel spreadsheet that either I, that I'll be doing where I find out, you know, the black women professionals, DJs and teachers included, both in the Brazilian Zook and Kizomba scene, obviously it will be my, I'll start with the States cause I live here, but I'll find out, get do some research and then get that posted within the coming weeks or so. He's supposed to love some spread cheese, boy. He's you know, right? he, <laughs> he, oh. always talking about, is there oh, a spread Yeah, cheese? what you mean? Yes, we're going to be, hey, it, it has to be out there, yo. What are you, a database manager? Man. I mean, basically, <laughs> shit. It's, 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 it's my, it's my second job. I like spread I love spreadsheets. Are you going to close this out? You want me to close this out? Because I'm going to say something and it could be close. Or if you want to do it, then do your thing. Well, I just wanted to add in a little commentary, just something from my heart, because, you know, I'm a gratitude girl and I love to give my roses to people. But something Afosa said is that it doesn't have to be big gestures that you do. It's nothing grand. Just something small can be such a big difference to somebody. And I want to give a shout out to Archie right now, because I feel like this podcast has been such a difference in my life. It was originally Archie, Jamil, and Afosa that kind of got together talking about this podcast. And Archie made sure to reach out to both me and, and Amber, because he's like, I think you guys have a lot to say. And I think it should be shared. I've never felt so uplifted in the dance scene. Like, at all. I've actually felt the opposite where I've been told, you know, I need to calm myself down. I need to be more quiet. I've not, you know, really been celebrated. It's especially funny because me and Archie's friendship dynamic exists mostly on very hardcore emotional debates in which we end up yelling at each other. Oh, the people that <laughs> like, I debate with like that are the people I love the most. But you all, you know, just that small gesture of offering us a space on the podcast. And I think to be realistic, none of us really anticipated this podcast going that far when we first started in the first few episodes it was just we're just gonna talk about some stuff just to see what happens because we got something to say but being able to have that support and feeling like somebody cared enough to go out of their way to have black women visible and to uplift us in that way I thought that was really cool so and it's made a difference for me and I feel like for a lot of people so very much appreciative of all three of you guys man 
Yes, thank y'all. I was especially like, I don't even know why they want to hear me, but yes, thank (laughs) you. No, come on, we need to hear y'all. No, because you know, I just got here. You know, I'm saying. Oh no, that's what that that's the reason. That that's part of the reason. I mean, outside of you being part of the reason. Like but y'all yeah. be naming all these people, Bruno, Larissa. I'd be like, Who? who's that? But okay, that's funny. I love it. Yeah, I'm glad that we're so for sure. I was gonna say this. I'll say this as my last statement to answer the question that Jesse asked earlier. If you're listening to this podcast and you are triggered in any way, or you feel like you are searching for reasons why. The stuff that was said is wrong or not true or trying to do your best to justify how you might think in order to make yourself feel better by just downplaying what somebody else has said is I'll say this and please listen to it. Just because something is not your experience does not mean that it was not experienced. Just because you, even if you are a black guy, just because you don't experience what Amber or Jesse or countless of other black women have said their experiences are does not mean that it's not true. So receive the podcast in that way and really strive to listen to it in that way. So that way you can at worst not allow yourself to be defensive and at best think of the things that you can do to personally go forward and try to make the scene better that's all i'll say and i think we're out bye hey that's all we have for today thank you for listening to the brazilian zoo no cap podcast from your host archie jamiel ifosa amber and jesse muito obrigado and until next time stay up